You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Psalm 24. You're definitely blessed just listening to the music there, those pianos, and uh, what, a, what a blessing there that we could hear that music. And both of them, they just started lessons this last week, and man, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, all right, Psalm 124, I'll read verse number one, join me on verse two, we'll read responsively down through verse five. The Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And Father, we gather so thankful, Lord, we've come to you many times already uh, in this service, and Lord, we need you. We do pray that you would help us, Lord, to be yielded to the Spirit of God. Uh, May the Word of God just enlighten our minds, our hearts, and just teach us tonight. Bless the kids as they're in their classes. Bless those that are online. Help each of us as we uh, submit ourselves, as we uh, yield ourselves to your leading in our lives, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. As we look here in this uh, passage of scripture, verse number one, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. Uh, just think about, think about all that God has done. Uh, Clarence Benson called the earth the theater of the universe. You see, it's on earth that we see and experience the greatest drama uh, that has ever been performed. The, the God of creation, as he interacts uh, with, his, with a planet, as God interacts with a people, as God exhibits his purpose, his plan, uh, and we get to be a part of that. It's pretty amazing to be able to see what God is doing. Now, I don't always like what I see what God's doing or what God is allowing but we trust him. Amen. Whether it makes sense or whether it does not make sense, we trust him. Uh, he, he is a sovereign God, divine uh, in every aspect and able to uh, ensure that, that his will will be exacted. You know, God isn't wondering whether or not his will is going to be fulfilled. Sometimes we look at the circumstances and think, how is this going to work out for God's honor and glory? But God never wonders about that. His his sovereign plan, though he may allow things to take place that we would think could never be a part of his plan, he has a way of orchestrating 
and taking something that is evil, something that is bad, and turning it into something good. Uh, That's where we come back to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, We know God can take any circumstance and change it and bring something good uh, out of that. Uh, So here we have an amazing God, the God of all the ages, the creator God. He is the one who owns everything. So get your Bibles. Let's go. We're going to look at several verses tonight. I know it'll be on the screen, but I still want you to look at it on your Bible, uh, be able to jot it down, seeing it for yourself, uh, put some notes there. Uh, But uh, Exodus chapter number 19. Exodus chapter number 19. Technology is a wonderful tool, and and I'm thankful for it, but there is just something about holding the Word of God. Uh, There's something about being able to uh, jot notes in, and I use the technology. I mean, I've got my notes in my iPad, and I study with, uh, with, uh, with the computer and all of that, uh, but there's nothing like just having your Bible in your hand and a pen uh, and letting God speak to us. All right, so Exodus chapter 19, verse number 5, uh, the Bible says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. All the earth is mine. If you got your Bible, underline that little statement that there. For all the earth is mine. Go back, if you would, to Genesis chapter number 14. Genesis chapter 14. And we're going to look at a couple of verses there in Genesis 14. And look with me at verse number 19. Genesis 14 and verse 19. The Bible says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. So God is the possessor of heaven and earth. Uh, What do they say? Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Uh, When it comes to the heaven and earth, God is the possessor. Uh, And there is nobody that is going to contest his ownership. Look down at verse number 22 of the same chapter. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. You know, God owns everything. God owns everything. There isn't anything that God does not own. Uh, the, the person that uh, has the greatest wealth and the greatest uh, expansive uh, ranch or uh, area or territory, uh, the, the person that has uh, all the wealth that we could ever imagine, uh, they don't own that. God owns everything. Because everything is on God's earth. It's on His property. It belongs to Him. God owns everything. He owns the earth and He owns everything on it. Stewardship is recognizing that we are guests on God's earth. We're just guests. You know, when you are a guest, uh, recently we went and visited a family that has been uh, coming on Sunday mornings, and they've come on a Wednesday night and uh, had a chance to go over to their home and visit with them, Uh, and we had a great visit there. Uh, But the reality is, we were just guests. 
I didn't go over to the refrigerator and open it up. I, I didn't uh, go through the cabinets. I didn't walk back to the bedrooms and uh, start checking out that. I was a guest. You know, this earth is God's. It belongs to Him. Everything is His. We are, we are here and we are guests on His planet. He graciously, as a wonderful God, allows us to enjoy many things while we're down here. You know, this world is, though we have our problems, God's creation is amazing. It, it's just amazing to watch all that God has done and what He allows us to see and the blessings that we get to enjoy. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, and I'll hasten here. Uh, the Bible says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God has blessed us down here on this earth and He allows us to enjoy the things that are here. And that is a wonderful thing that God allows us uh, to enjoy what He has created. And there are a lot of blessings that we have in our daily lives. And we are a spoiled people. We can look at different countries and uh, the things that they do not have and everything that we have been, uh, bes has been bestowed upon us uh, is, has been amazing. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7, the Bible says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. We're just a steward on God's earth. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at, as our theme is building up you, uh, we're going to be looking at building blocks of stewardship. And we're going to come out of our uh, passage in, in Psalm uh, 24, where we look at the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so we're just going to look at some of the building blocks of stewardship. And tonight, as we look at uh, the building blocks of stewardship, we're going to have the ABCs, the one, two, threes, uh, just where it all starts. And when we think about stewardship, uh, we've been looking on Sunday uh, about what stewardship is. Uh, but, but now we're going to look at tonight, we're going to be looking at the first part of that stewardship. Uh, when we think of stewardship, we always think of money. So we're going to start with tithing. All right. The number one uh, in the ABCs or one, two, threes is going to be tithing. So the building blocks of stewardship, uh, ABCs and one, two, three. So in reality, we know that God owns everything. And there is nothing down here on this planet that does not belong to him. Uh, the mountains are his, the mines are his, the valleys are his, the oceans, flatlands, cities, villages, everything belongs to God. Uh, he owns it all. Uh, he owns uh, the mountains. He owns the, the, the silver, the gold. He owns the precious stones. There isn't anything that God does not own. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The fullness of thereof. So all that the world could possess, God says, all of that is mine. So he is the possessor of heaven and earth. And as guests on his earth, he allows us to live. 
And he allows us to breathe uh, his air. And he allows us uh, to drink his water. And he allows us to use his resources. And uh, he provides us with intellect. And he provides us with uh, all of the, the things that this world has that we could enjoy. But in this, in God's plan, God has an economy that he has set up. And in God's economy, everything is His, but He allows us to take what He has provided and then be a steward of it for Him. Now, in that, we see that there is an expectation by God that we will tithe. Uh, Leviticus chapter 27, and I'm going to just hasten uh, because of time tonight. Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30 uh, through 33, the Bible says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add the fifth uh, add thereto the fifth part thereof, and concerning the tithe of the land or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. So God's plan is for the tenth to be, be given back to him. Now, when we look in the Old Testament economy, uh, it was all based on their flocks. It was based on their possession. It was based on their seed of the land. Uh, it wasn't as much in, a, in an economy scenario like you and I. And so they would have their, their flocks, and they would literally, they would have gates, and they would run all their flocks through, and the tenth one belong to God. If it was uh, a, a healthy uh, animal, it was the Lord's. If it was not a healthy animal, it was the Lord's. But whatever that tenth one was, it belonged to God. And they would go through, and the next nine would run through, and that tenth one would come, and that would belong uh, to the Lord. And God was just saying, listen, the tenth is His, the tithe. And the word tithe means tenth. And so that is, uh, it belongs to God. So uh, we have studied in the past uh, that uh, the tithe was before the law. Uh, people will say, well, tithing is Old Testament and it doesn't apply to us today. Well, tithing was before the law. We're not going to teach that tonight, uh, but Genesis 14, 17 to 20, uh, tithing was before the law was ever instituted. Uh, tithing was during the law. Numbers chapter 8, verse 21 to 28. And tithing is after the law, and we see that in the New Testament, Matthew 23, 23. You see, God is the origin. He is the one that possesses the heaven and the earth. And because he is the one who possesses heaven and earth, he's the one that gets to choose the rules. He's the one that gets to choose how things operate. And you and I, as his children, uh, we, we need to make sure that we are following his plan. You know what? To be honest, the, the lost people owe God a tithe. Everybody owes God a tithe because the tithe is the Lord's. He doesn't just possess heaven and earth of the saved. He possesses heaven and earth 
for the whole world. And you see, this tithe, uh, it belongs to him. So the tithe, the tenth, uh, belongs to God. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, let's go there. Malachi 3 and verse number 8. Malachi chapter 3 and verses 8 through 11 is where we will be tonight. The Bible says, Will a man rob God? Uh, Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Now notice here, it's not just that they robbed him in one or the other, they robbed him in both, in tithes and offerings. Verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough uh, to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, So what do we find here? We find that as God is explaining his economy, he is correcting some problems. His people had already been taught. They already knew that the tithe was the Lord's. But they did not give God what was God's. And God, he asked a question here in verse number 8. He says, will a man rob God? So we first, we see a question. You know, when, when people start asking you questions, sometimes they are asking you questions that they already have the answers of. Parents, isn't that what you do with your kids? You know that they have done something. And what do you do? You start asking them questions leading up to that. You already know the answer. Here they are sitting and they've got cookie all over their face. Did you get in the cookie jar? No, we, we ask those questions. You know what? God here isn't asking the question because he doesn't know the answer. God is asking the question because he wants those who he is communicating to to think about what he is saying. He has verbalized something. He has put this into a question that helps them recognize their condition. So there's a question that's asked. Uh, if you walk... If you walk into Wally's world and you go in and you pick up a coat and you put it on and you walk out the door uh, like a whole bunch of other people at the Marysville Walmart does, uh, if, if you do that and you walk out, uh, you just stole something, but you did not rob Walmart. The terms are not one and the same. You see, stealing something is taking something that does not belong to you. In the judicial code, if you rob somebody, you are now taking something with a threat to do bodily injury. So they don't say armed thievery, do they? What's it called? Armed 
Robbery. Why? Because robbery is taking something with a threat to do bodily injury or harm to the person that you are taking something from. God says when we do not give our tithes and offerings, God is saying, listen, you didn't just take something from me. You didn't just hold something back from me. You did so at threat. You know, the consequence of of being a thief is different than the consequence of being a robber. Robbery is a lot higher of a crime. And God looks at the tithes and offerings, and he says, listen, you, if you do not tithe, he said, you have robbed me. So here's that question, uh, will a man rob God? So let's say you walk into Walmart and you grab that coat that's a hundred bucks. And you walk out, and though that is wrong and that is a sin, if you walk into uh, Lally's or you walk into a 7-Eleven and you put a gun to that, that person's the cash, uh, cash, uh, cashier and you point a gun at them and they open up the cash register and they have just cleared out their account and there's only five bucks in there, you're still getting charged with robbery. The amount has no difference. The amount is not the issue. The crime is that there was was intent to injure. And you say, well, pastor, how in the world could me not putting my tithes and offerings in, how is that going to injure? Let me tell you, there are men and women, boys and girls, they're going to spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Their life, will they will forever be in death. Great bodily injury. You see, when God looks at, when he looks at the tithes and offerings, it's not about how big of a building the church can build. It's not about how many programs we can have. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not talking about how nice of a carpet or how not nice of a carpet you have. Uh, it is not talking about any of those things. What he is talking about is there is a mission that needs to get done. And when we do not fulfill our obligation to tithe, to give to the Lord, we are robbing God. Uh, You're not robbing the church. Because your tithes and offerings, they're the Lord's. Sometimes people will say, well, pastor, uh, I've got this off my tithe and I'm going to put in. Where, where do we really need it and where should we put the tithes? Do you want me to put the tithe in the missions? Do you want me to put the tithe in the building? Do you want me to put the tithe in the, uh, in the uh, bus ministry? Uh, the tithe is the Lord's. We, don't, we do not determine where the tithe goes. The tithe just goes in as tithe. Then there's offerings on top of that. You know what? The tithe is not designated. The offerings are designated. Years ago, when we first came, uh, we had, uh, uh, there were, they were counting our family when we came, there were 10 giving units in the church. And 
And so uh, with that, uh, we had to come back and we had to say, okay, we've got uh, to redo some things here. And the church wasn't, there was no budget, so we put together a budget. And I sat down and said, listen, I said, I need everybody to quit designating all of the offerings. Just trust me, we'll put the missions in the budget. We will make sure that we, we cover all of these things. But everything was being, there, there were so many things being designated too. And pretty soon, with having so few givers, we were not going to be able to keep these doors open and we wouldn't be able to keep the church going. And so I said, let's not designate anything, just put it all in tithe. Uh, and, and then very shortly after that, uh, we ended up having with the budget and things started coming back up and uh, the offerings were there and the church was growing. And, and then uh, the missions, we continued to keep the missions uh, for many years in the budget. And I think it was about three or four years ago, we switched and we moved our missions to Faith Promise. And so they're no longer part of the actual budget. Uh, but but, but in those early days, we had, to, we had to figure out what we were going to do. But the reality is, the tithe just belongs to God. And we give the tithe uh, to the Lord. Uh, so we see, first of all, a question here. And when we withhold the tithe, we, we, when we withhold the offering, God looks at it not as a theft, but as robbery. So the tithe is 10%, and the offerings are anything that's above that 10%. And so God is saying, if you, don't, if you are not giving the tithe and the offering, that you are robbing him. I didn't say that. That's what God said. He said, well, pastor, I can't afford to tithe. I'll promise you, you can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to. I mean, when we, when we look here uh, at the text again, as we're looking here uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, uh, Malachi, verse number 10 or 11, he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You know what? Uh, when, when you are following what God says, he rebukes the devourer for, your, for our sake. It is amazing to see uh, what God does. So first of all here, uh, we see the question. Uh, secondly, what do we see? Uh, we see the accusation. Uh, here he says, will a man rob God? So there's the question. And then he says, yet ye have robbed me. So now there's the accusation. You know, some... We may make accusations. We may make false accusations. But God just states truth. Have you ever had somebody say something against you and, or somebody come up and say, man, somebody was accusing you of. And as soon as you hear accuse, I mean, there is just that hackle start to rise up, don't they? Accuse? What do you mean accuse? But here God says, that here they will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me. So it wasn't just the question that he is posing. Now he is making a statement against them saying, ye, ye have robbed me. So his assessments are always righteous. God's assessments are always right. Whether we like the assessment or not. You know, in life, sometimes people make judgments of us, and they're not always they're not always judgments that we would like to hear. 
Maybe somebody makes an assessment or they say something. And we may not like to hear what they say. But when you stop and think about it, you start thinking, okay, what truth is there? Maybe there's some things that somebody else sees in my life that I don't see. And God, when he's dealing with finances, he says, listen, I am going to tell you that when you do not give your tithe, he said, ye have robbed me. You have robbed me in tithes and offerings. So we see the question, we see the accusation, we see the response, uh, the people's response. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? God knew what the answer was before they ever had to ask, even had to, to give the answer. Uh, there, was, there was that, uh, that self uh, justification, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? Uh, and here, what do we find? We find the difference between man's view and God's view. God, I haven't robbed you. Man, I've, I've been good. I've, I've lived a good life. I put some money in the offering. But what was God's assessment? And that assessment, his view is different. And you know, when our response is not in alignment with God's assessment, our response is wrong. It's wrong. Well, pastor, I just don't feel that matter. I just don't like doesn't matter. What does God say? And you and I will not stand before our own judgments. We will not stand before our own set of values. We're going to stand before the God of heaven, who is the possessor of heaven and earth. And the possessor of heaven and earth is the one that has the right to make the determination of what is just and what is right and what is expected. And so tonight, uh, we need to make sure that we are not uh, just uh, listening to what God says, but we are allowing it to impact our lives. Our response of innocence does not make us innocent. Wherein have we robbed thee? Just that statement does not clear up the wrong. So our reasons do not excuse our disobedience. So the question, the accusation, the response, but then the condemnation, verse number 9. God says, you are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. The word curse there is referring to divine judgment. Divine judgment. It talks about harm, and it talks about evil being invoked upon. And God says, when you rob me, he says, you're cursed. He said, oh no, pastor, uh, I don't tithe, but I am, I am blessed. Compared to what? Compared to what? You see, if God says that you are cursed, where would you be without that curse? If somebody walked up and said, 
hey, I'm giving out a million dollars. Would anybody be interested? Sure. I don't know what what God's response would be, and I don't know how much He is going to withhold from us, and I don't know how much the devourer is going to devour in our life. But if we are not cursed, if, if we would not be cursed, how much more could be there? You see, here, this is just the baseline for any of it. We haven't got to the offerings. We've not really even got to generosity. The tithes and the offerings, they're just God's. That's just the beginning point. Generosity is up and beyond that, up and above that. Uh, When we think about curse, uh, we see the word curse. uh, The same word curse in Malachi chapter 3 is the same word curse when he looked at the serpent in Genesis chapter 3. And he said, you're cursed. It's the exact same curse. It is the exact same curse uh, that was, late, was directed towards Cain in Genesis chapter number 4 when, when he was cursed for killing his brother. God says that same curse, that same word is used towards those that are not giving him his time, the offering. So when we rob God, we rob ourselves. We rob ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6, uh, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work as it is written he hath dispersed abroad he hath given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Uh, and here God is just saying, listen, when, when, you, uh, when we would withhold from God, when we would uh, rob God, we are robbing ourselves from all the bounty that God would have for us, all the blessings that could have been there. You know, giving to God is never under unrepaid. It's never unrepaid. We can't outgive God. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given. God God makes sure. You see, we see the question, we see the accusation, we see the response, we see the condemnation. But God wants us to be honest with him. Why? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that we have is on his earth. It's part of his fullness. And you and I, God tells us that the tenth is his, the tithe is his. You know, we need to make sure we're being honest and giving our tithes and offerings. They belong to God. 
And if we are following his plan, there are blessings that he promises to us. When we, when we disregard his plans, there's a curse that's tied to it. There, there are a lot of churches, there, there are many pastors that will not preach on tithing and offerings. They do not want to be labeled as a money-grubbing preacher. If you tithe or you do not tithe, well, if, you, if nobody tithes, then my salary would change. But if you started tithing tonight, it wouldn't affect my income one bit. It's not like I get a percent of whatever comes through. The expenditures of this ministry, they are all approved and voted on with our budget. So, so your giving and my giving, they are, they are, they are just reflecting our obedience to what God says. And when we follow God's principles, we get to see the blessings. God blesses obedience. He blesses obedience. And we may have many blessings. We may have things that this world has to offer. But when we are robbing God, we do not have the fullness of His blessings. And we definitely want to make sure that we are being obedient to him. So the tithe is the Lord. It's owed, it's expected, and it's to be used for his use, his glory. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we look at just these simple building blocks. Uh, Lord, here just in the, the giving and our stewardship, the tithe, it belongs to you. Help us, Lord, to be honest uh, in our offerings. Help us to be honest in the tithes and offerings. Those that are here tonight, those that are watching online, I pray that each and every one of us would recognize uh, that we need to be uh, following the principles that you have outlined in the Word of God for our lives. So help us tonight to be uh, obedient to you. For Christ's sake, we pray. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.